Twickenham CC podcast. My name's Dan Huff. I'm secretary of the club. Normally, um, we have two other hardened souls alongside me here when we're chatting cricket. But today we've made an exception. We've got three. Um, we've got the great and the good from all around the world with us this evening. First up, um, long-standing club member Andy Donnellan. How are you, Donners? You well? Yeah, good. Thanks, Disco. All well here. Good, good. Life at the top of the championship. Still looking okay for Fulham? Uh, OK, we've wobbled a bit in the last three or four weeks, but um, still OK at the moment. Good, 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 good. Alongside me and Donners, we have club chairman, club stalwart, newly um, outed Brentford fan, Eugene Berger. That'll be right, Eugene? That, that's correct, Dan. I have now uh, nailed my allegiance to the wall. And, and, and might I just say, it's great not to be the only uh, Southern Hemisphere guest or, or, or person chatting on the, on the pod tonight. Yeah, that's a long half volley into our fourth guest. Um, really pleased. I mean, we, we've, you know, we're playing an Ashes series at the moment, so we thought it made sense to try and get a bit of Ashes input. It would have been useful had we not been absolutely battered in the first test, but life chucks these things at you. So, so we're really pleased to welcome back a guy who played for us in 2011, so a decade or so ago in the twos, off-spinning batsman, um, Mitch Bowring. Mitchy, how are you? Jeez, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm great. Uh, you know, Christmas time, Ashes time, and uh, great to be seeing you guys again and chatting. So thanks for the invite. Now, most people are going to be listening to this rather than looking at it. But Mitch, can, can you describe where you are at the moment? Because we can all see each other uh, via the wonders of technology. And you've got a pretty spectacular view behind you, right? Yeah, sure. So I'm in a, uh, a little town called Broke in the Hunter Valley, um, known for its uh, wines in which, and In which state, mate? Which in state New South Wales. Sorry, yeah, New South Wales. So um, Newcastle is probably the nearest main city you may hear. It's about, we're about two hours, two and a half hours north of Sydney. Um, and you may be able to hear the cockatoos going nuts in the background right now. So apologies we for that. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we came up here for a nice little getaway just ahead of Christmas. Uh, we've had some pretty severe lockdowns considering the cases for COVID over here. So uh, we've got a chance to get away and, and we've taken it. So yeah, it's a pretty spectacular Brilliant. place there. Brilliant stuff. Now, I mean, talk, talk to us about your time in England, mate. You, you came to Britain just over a decade or so ago, not not primarily to play cricket, right? It was a life experience thing as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yep. Yeah, just had a, a British passport and was sick of sick of the job I was doing at the time. Um, came over on a one way ticket, uh, landed in 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 London, and was playing for Cockfosters two days later after sleeping off a little bit of jet lag. Um, and then finished the year up there and then and then moved down to Twickenham in a bar job, getting paid four quid an hour for living inside. And uh, that's that's where I found uh, your your email address, Hoff, and said, Hey, all I've got is like uh, gloves and a hector, but if I can play cricket, I'd love to um I'd love to come on board. So, so. gloves and a what? I do yeah, remember that word. I've been told Hector. It was a hector, yeah. So a box, um, and I think you wrote back, "Oh, I'd love to see what it, what your hector is." And I thought this is pretty <laughs> odd. <laughs> but, uh, but he's got career club and he's signed off, so I'll, <laughs> I'll give it a crack. <laughs> was DBS um, around then, Dad? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure. I completely remember saying that, but I'm not denying it either, to be honest. Well, I've got the email, so if it has to come up, oh, it's gosh. <laughs> my career is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> You, Great, mentioned, so you, you had... mentioned you're currently in broke. Is is that is that because of the Christmas holidays and presents you've brought, or um, or is that actually a place in Australia? <laughs> it, it's literally the name of the town, but yeah, there's probably some nominative determinism in it. Um, but if you look at some of the mansions they have around here, I think it's probably similar to naming Tiny Tim. Um, it's uh, just a lovely <laughs> spot. So uh, yeah, yeah. 
beautiful. But yeah, name is Broke. Look it up next time you guys come out here and um, yeah, catch up. But at the moment, Mitch, I'd, I'd give anything just to be able to walk to Wales, let alone to, you know, to, to, to get out to somewhere over the sea, let alone Australia, you know, the, the, the state of the travel situation here in, in Northern Europe. But, but yeah, at, at some point, at some point, I, I'd love, certainly love to go to Australia. Never been, so um, noted. I was going to ask you about your year with us then, Mitch. It was a good year on the field. I remember it well because we got promoted. But what, what are your memories of your time in England and your time at Twickenham? Oh, time at Twickenham was special, to be honest. I loved it. Um, everyone I met at the club or affiliated with the club was fantastic. Uh, the club atmosphere was special and, and things like this obviously didn't exist back then. But this extra effort that everyone put into making Twickenham such a great club really did. Um, yeah, really made it a great experience. Um, we won a lot of games, as you said. We won more than we lost. Um, and involved with the uh, indoor cricket team, the Tree Frogs as well. So that was a different experience. But, yeah, um, yeah it was just fantastic. It was a fantastic experience on and off the field. Uh, going to the patch in your whites and spikes um, one one night of the season. Uh, big tackle rocking the clubhouse a couple of times in the fancy dress. Um, yeah, fantastic season. Yeah. Uh, You'd be surprised how much you change there, Mitch. You know, Clint McCabe, a father. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I, I thought that was he was at the time, but um, it's good to see him taking <laughs> care of the, 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 the child now. <laughs> I, I suppose that's the only thing that's changed there, Dan, because, you know, whites and patching your whites, yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Big tackle, yep, still, you know, everything else is exactly the same. It's good to see the traditions are still around. I love that, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I guess you, you, you went home and you, you, you've been back a couple of times, right? But no more cricket in the UK since then. Is that right? Yeah, no more cricket in the UK since then. I, we've, we've made it back once uh, in the time. And it was just, yeah, we had a pint with, with uh, you I do and remember. Uh, yeah, Queen, yeah. Inky, um, as I affectionately call him. And then, uh, yeah, but unfortunately no more cricket. But if I, get the kind of, if I get the chance to come over, I'd love to sign back up if you'd have me. We think about it. Depends. Yeah. <laughs> Depends how you perform in this podcast. No, no, of course. You, 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 um, do you play much cricket at home? Are you still, are you still turning out on Saturdays? Yeah. Yep, still turning out. Um, so, yeah, play for the our local cr- cricket club here is Terrigal Matcham, um, the Mighty Bellbirds. Um, so, yeah, still run around with them. I've played senior cricket for them for 20 years and been with the club for 25. So, uh, yeah, so between um, Twickenham and TMCC, that's almost the entirety of my fond cricketing memories. Fantastic. Well, one of the reasons I ask is, I, I don't know, I get the impression sometimes that folks finish a little bit earlier with their playing careers in Australia. I mean, certainly yeah. in, in England, you can have guys who go on forever. In the County League, there's a guy who plays for the Middlesex Titans who's 82. He's I mean, 82? And to be fair, he's not in their first grade team. Let's be clear about this. Yeah. But you and I are going to interview him on the Middlesex County League podcast in due course. But he's still turning out. I think it's their fours. Um, and he's, he's 80 plus. And, you know, I take my hat off to him. He must be, he must be nuts, quite frankly. Yeah. That, that's fantastic. Um, I think, it, I, I don't know what it is here, but it's probably too hot. Like, we'll play in 40-degree yeah. days, 35-degree days. Uh, when you can sit in some ducted air corner by the pool, there's no point putting your body through it when it's going to be 35 or 40. So I think that might be why the attrition rate for, um, you know, advanced ages might be there, but I'm not sure. I'm just speculating. Well, I see the angle on that, yeah. I mean, it won't be 35-plus a year, that's for sure. Um, and, and that's swimming pool does sound pretty attractive. So, yeah, so yeah that, that makes a bit of sense. Um, 
Mitch, we might as well cut to the chase here. Um, as I mentioned before, there's been a bit of cricket going on in your hood that we've been trying to follow. Actually, before I get to it, I was, I mean, I'm always quite intrigued to say people watch these games when they're on the other side of the world. Now, obviously, it's on your side of the world at the moment, so it's during the day. But when cricket's on in, in England, when the Ashes are on then, what, what, what's your strategy? Do you stay up as long as you can to watch it? Yeah, I stay up up and try and get two sessions in and then see how I go to the tea break. If if I can hang on, try and do it um, and then just work horribly the next day. So that's kind of the tactic I take. But um, what time does it start then in New South Wales normally? What what would be the kickoff? We start like coverage starts around 10.30 a.m. here. Um, If we if it was to be in the UK, we're probably looking at a 6 p.m., 7 p.m. start, I guess. Uh, okay, that's not that bad then, right? Because you know it starts midnight here. You know, oh yeah, it could no. be worse. No, no, no. I'd, I'd try and get the last, the last one and a half. Then, if that was the case, yeah. Saying that, we do have day-night tests now, thankfully. You know, because mm. the day-night test that, means uh, which one? Both of them, or just the one? Because we believe there's two now. We might be wrong. I think there's no, two. No, I think there is two, but uh, either either one of them. Um, Jimmy, I hope he plays. I hope Stu Broad plays as well. Um, We're going to have to. We haven't got too many people left. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know why Broad didn't play in that at the Gabba test. I saw a green top deck. I well, let's, we... let's let's crack on with that then, Mitch. You, you might as well have, have, start us off on this one. D- did you see it coming as it came? I, I must admit, I think we were probably a little surprised with our selection. But w- what, what do you think of your selection? Because there was a couple of new faces there as well, weren't there? And obviously it went well for Australia. But did, did you see it going well? Or or what were you, what were you expecting on day one? Um... I think, you know, with Aussies and the Ashes, we have a bit of in, inbuilt false confidence. So I have to say, yeah, I saw it going well. But realistically... What, built on beating us an awful lot over the last uh, Yeah, growing up, growing up in the 90s was pretty favourable to that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, there's some quality cricketers in the English setup. Um, Bairstow and Broad are two of them. And I don't know. I just think if I was Justin Langer on the team, not seeing those names at the, on the team sheet would have been a huge bonus. Especially if I'm thinking Dave Warner's out of form. Stuart Broad has his number every day of the week, and we've got a wet Gabba. I don't know. As good as as good as Ollie and, and Wood bowled, I probably would have squeezed him in for Leachy. If you want to get a few overs of tweakers out, you've got Root there. So um, I was a little surprised with that one. Um, I guess Bairstow was out. I mean, maybe he's not scoring runs. He was in for Ollie Pope, I guess. I know Butler's the keeper, but um, I don't know. I think he's got to be in your six. Scored runs against us in the past. Yep. So yeah, I think you gave us a couple of a couple of wins there, but I don't know. And your side, were you were you pleased with the side that you you, you pitched up with? Yeah, um, Marcus Harris at the top um, is he needs some runs. He's a good bat. They're happy to back him, and he's young, but he needs some runs. And the big call was Travis Head for Kawaja. Um, Kawaja's a great bat and scores runs for fun in Australia. Um, but I think they want to put some some faith in Travis Head. He's done a lot for state cricket here. He was, I think, the youngest captain for South Australia ever. Um, well, that obviously didn't go very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then, yeah, so they pick him in and he scores 150, you know. So I'm pretty happy with that selection. The bowling, our four bowlers pick themselves. There's lots of talk about Stark. It's all rubbish. He swings the ball at 145, you pick him. It's just facts. So, uh, yeah, I think the team was okay. Um, Tim Payne, I don't know if we want to talk about, about that, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Tim Payne getting dropped for something four years ago. Well, I'm not sure your cricket board covered itself in glory, if I'm being brutally honest. You know, they decided there was no problem, and then suddenly four years later they decided there was a problem. What yeah, they investigated it, found that there was no fault. Their private parties were all in agreement, and they, 
they pick him as captain knowing what they did, run puff pieces every day of the week like he's like he can walk on water and then turn turn around and, and knife him first chance they get. So they can graduate to run the ECB if they carry on like this. You know, they're, they're that incompetent, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would have been happy if they said he's not scoring runs, we're gonna go with Kerry, but they they didn't do that. So Yeah. Donners, what do you make of our team? Did, would you have picked one of Broad and Anderson? I think it was, you, you mentioned to me the other day, it's the first time since 2005 that no, neither of them have played in a Test match side together. That's a long, long time ago. Um, case for of picking one of them in that first Test? Or is, yeah, is that a sort of hindsight thing? Yeah, I get it. I guess the hindsight is easy to say, but I, I was perhaps not surprised that Jimmy Anderson wasn't in there, knowing that he would play in the day-nighters. But Broad was a bit of a strange one. I must be honest, and, and picking up on what Mitch said as well, I, I didn't really understand why Bairstow wasn't there. But, yeah, I mean, we discussed on the last pod how undercooked England were, um, and it could have gone either way, but it just, obviously, it started drastically wrong with the very first ball of the series and, and, and just carried on in that vein, really. And it, yeah, just lo- it looked awful, that first ball as well. I mean, I know Rory Burns' techniques is a, is a crime against humanity, but we knew that anyway. But it, it, it couldn't have been worse. You know, let, let's just wander off to point, shall we, and get bowled on, with our volley on leg stomach. Oh, it was... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't... Yeah, it, it was just it was just unbelievable. It really was unbelievable. But uh, that really set the tone, didn't it, for the first day? And, and, and that was it, really. Well, I was in bed by about half twelve. As soon as Root had gone, I thought I'm not sitting through the night watching this again. The 1990s are coming back to me far too quickly, so um, I, I yeah, got about 45 minutes in. It's funny how, in a five-day game in the Ashes, the first ball sets the tone. Like I think it was 2003 that Harmy put one to second slip, and then we romped that. But then in 2005, he tagged Langer in the head, and it was just game on, you know. So. When Rory walked across his stumps first ball, I thought, "Geez, this isn't going to be this isn't going to be pretty." But um, yeah, it, it's so funny how often the first ball kind of indicates what the momentum for the test, the entire test series, is going to be. So yeah, it's pretty critical yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you were a bit more upbeat about where we go from here, though, because I mean, you made the point that the next test is day night, isn't it? And that, and that should play to the skill set of some of our bowlers a little bit. So you, 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 were, you were telling me, you, you know, all is not lost, right? I don't think all is lost at all. Um, there's, there was I, a think, lot of I think you're officially on drugs and, and we need to get you tested. But and that's another issue. We can get back to that later. Yeah, I think, you know, well, first of all, it's just really interesting to see the difference in comparisons. I mean, Mitch just said there that, you know, David Warner is, is, is in the worst form of his life after just coming off uh, a man of the series um, tournament in the Cricket World Cup and, you know, here, here, England again, saying, "Well, hang on, we got, we got, we got the best batters in the world," and there was two contrasting stories, obviously. But now, given that there were there was different batsmen um, or different bowlers, should I say, in each of them? So, yeah, from my perspective, I still, I still agree with the selection uh, of not picking players, and there's a reason for that because they're going to be fit now. You know, Hazelwood's out of the second test. Um, well, what's wrong Wood, with him again? Picked up what the, the, the details of this one? Injured. injured. Okay. Yeah, what badly? Uh, they don't know. It's it's still going to be. Yeah. So, but the point is, is that, you know, I can't imagine, imagine Hazelwood on a green top at night sort of scenario. Now, now look, we don't know what the wicket looks like, but from my perspective, you know, the English are gone, look, we're going to save Broad and Anderson because we know the next one's a day-nighter. We're going to target that one. And I think you said this earlier, Dan, in, in that, um, you know, would, did England select a side knowing that they were going to get, you know, thumped in, in the first game and then come back in the second game and, and sort of bring the series on from there? 
considering they had very little match practice. There was so much rain in the warm-up games. You know, they sort of maybe conceded defeat. I don't want to say that because you never do that in a cricket game, but it gave them the opportunity to get some time under the belt. And, you know, Root and Milan batted really well in the second innings, but then the middle order failed completely. I mean, what was it, 232 for 2 to 298 all out or something. Um, you know, cricket collapses as they come. It's, it's, it's sort of up there. So, look, I think I think there's still a lot to change. Um, and, but, yeah, from my perspective, I think I, I'm, you know, I'm sort of going with this. I think England got it right, and I think England are going to win the second test. OK, what about the toss? Mitchie, what was your thoughts on the toss? I, I, I said this again to you last night. I'm pretty sure Joe Root would have been standing there thinking, lose the fucking toss. Luke, fall down the other way, because wh- whatever he did, it could potentially be disastrous. And of course, in those situations, you always win the toss. But, but what did you make of it? You'd have batted, would you? Yeah, I like that he batted. Um, and I know Cummins said he was going to bowl, and everyone said that it's a, um, it's a very good toss to did lose, he? and I agree with that. But I like no, that... No, Cummins afterwards, I, I'm pretty sure he, in his first interview after the toss, said he would have batted. I'm oh, sure okay. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I, I might have misheard. Or maybe he changed his mind. Yeah. It was probably Ducks and Drakes. Um, yeah, no, I may be off there, but <laughs> I, I like that he took it on. Like, as you said, you guys have a great a great batting lineup. Like, um, Burns turned up in the first test against this last series. For me, it's um, unproven out here, um, but there's lots of wraps on him. And then you've got, you know, Root, Milan, uh, Stokes, who score runs for fun. Um, I like they took it. I think it's aggressive. I do, I do think it runs contra to if the theory is we're happy to give them game one. If that was the theory going in, that's why you don't select Bearstow, Broad, or Anderson. Um, then I would have probably bowled. But if I thought this is our best team to take it to them, then I'm glad that they batted. So um, it didn't work out. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was good that he went after it. I don't know. Well, I think the single biggest thing that will define the series from our perspective, if we're, we're going to have any chance of not, if it not being 5-0, is can we score enough runs? Um, I think we will have periods in the game where our bowlers do well. But I, I, those players are good. I mean, Josh Butler is a phenomenal cricket player. I don't know how many runs he's going to score in this series, though. And I do wonder if, if Joe, Joe Root sort of runs into a bad run of form or, God forbid, if he gets injured, are we, are we going to be able to get more than 200 runs on the board? Yeah, definitely. Um... You're all going to be good. better for I'm the run. I'm you said that, Mitch. I've always said you're a good guy. <laughs> um, you need to be yeah. best, though. I think I think yeah. Pope looks really good. I wonder how he goes on the bouncier decks. Um, he's kind of got those low hands, and I think if we get some fast decks, he might get a bit found out. Like, even in the second dig, he tried to play that little dink off Lino, which would have yeah. got you one one run, and he instead just nicks it straight to first slip. Um, and I think Hamid has low hands as well, but you can't you can't knock someone like Joe Root. Um, David Milan... Darwood Milan is, is class. I think he's got runs in him, as you see, in that 160-run partnership in the second dig. Uh, I think, is Stokes injured? Because he doesn't look himself, either with the bat or the ball or in the field. Um, but he's good. Besto's good. Butler, I think he has to play aggressive. Some might come off, some might not. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think he'll yeah. score runs. Yeah. But I'd rather he scored 17, 40 balls, quite frankly. I mean, I, I hate saying that, but I think he, he can do it. And we know he can do it. Um, so, so prodding about and scoring 15 in 50, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's his game at all. You're saying that 70 or 40. I've got an interesting... I'm going to put an interesting question to you. I'm going to pose a question. Um, uh, England uh, Lions are over there at the moment. Liam Livingston, is he playing in that? I'm pretty sure he is. Why you not select him as your frontline spinner, knowing that he can score you quick runs if he needed to bat in in that middle order. He's not going to do any worse than Leach, is he? 
I well, mean, turn it around. If, if, if Leach is not, after two tests, if Leach continues along this vein, then you can't pick him. So who do you pick? And, and do, do you go, if it's, if it's looking like it's going to be day-night, the ball's swinging, you, you just go with Root, wouldn't you? You wouldn't go for an extra spinner. If you're saying that Livingston's got enough, where would Livingston bat? What, eight? Yeah, why not? But England do this. And that's we, where we, Gilchrist started. <laughs> yeah, but Gilchrist was a keeper who batted. Yeah. When he came on, he, I mean, don't get me wrong, he was a phenomenal batter, but he was a keeper who batted. He was a brilliant sort of keeper. And, and Livingston, he's not really a bowler who bats, is he? He's a yeah. batter. He might become okay. one. I mean, Moen Ali started as a batsman that now, is, you know, if he didn't retire, he'd probably be in, in those tests. I mean, you know, he bowls his leggies to the right-handers and his offies to the left-handers. I mean, you've got to, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm going left field here, trying to, trying to, trying to, you know. Well, if he's in the country and we're getting whipped, then there's no reason to not talk about him. Exactly, yeah. That was, that, that's why I posed the question, I guess. Yeah. Donald, what would your team be going into the second test? Uh, Anderson and Broad would definitely be in. For? Uh, I'm not too sure. Rob, Robinson would have to play. I thought, I, I thought he bowled very well. Um, not sure about the other seamer. I'm not Probably sure. Probably Woody that, goes, isn't it? I would imagine so. I think he's a bit he's quicker than me. I mean, if you think the ball's going to swing a bit, then you probably would keep yeah. Wokes. Yeah. But I wouldn't... I think I think Leach would, would probably drop out because, you know, Rooty can... He can, uh, he, he can bowl pretty well. And certainly, he's not going to do any worse than, than Jack Leach. I mean, obviously, the Aussies went after him, uh, which, uh, which is understandable. But um, <sighs> Rory Burns at the top, Hamid, I mean... You've got to give him another chance, I guess, yeah. to bring in. But it was the bowling end of it that I think needs discussing because you've got two. You've got how many wickets on the sidelines? I've lost track. Nine hundred wickets on the sidelines. Mm. So mm. probably more than that. So, so I'd have thought they both come in. To be yeah. honest, um, Mitch, what would you do? Is it, is it, what would you not want to face in terms of our bowling in the second? Test? Well, um, I wouldn't like to face, uh, and I wouldn't like to face any of them for one, other than Jack Leach. Uh, he's still going the distance, even at my level. Um, um, I think he got his he got seventy-seven you know, he balls. Does, he does famously say that Le- Leach is a, a cricketer for Taunton Cricket Club, who occasionally turns out for England in his own words. And I thought, well, yeah, and, in there. and I love him. I love these gutsy style cricketers that that play, you know, within their limitations and do it really well. Um, Leach is like that, but on these decks, if he's not getting that bounce, he's going to go. Um, I don't think you can drop Mark Wood. Every spell, he bowled at 145. And I know we talk about no. the pink test with swing, um, but you're also playing half your day without that. And the ball's not always new at night. And that pace did a lot. You see, Warner wouldn't get forward to him. A few fellas were a little dodgy. If you've got a period in the day where the ball's not new and you've got Wokes turning out the same, maybe as Jimmy turning out the same, maybe as Broad and maybe as Robertson, What's different there? Your spin is going to be root, so he's a part-timer. Um, I would keep Mark Wood in the team just for pace, even swing aside. Um, so you drop to be. I see the angle with that because Wokes is another swing bowler, isn't he? And we've already got a little bit of that anyway. So Wokes would go, or uh, no? I, he'd have to. He would have to if you're breaking both Anderson and Broad. And I think you both have to, but maybe Robertson. Um, as good as Robbie is, I thought I heard he was a little injured as well. There was question marks over him in the yeah. test. If we're worried about workload, he's got to play as many of them as possible. But I think giving away Mark Wood um, somehow would be a trick for us as well. Well, I wonder if Stokes is the is, is the is the one to look at there because something wasn't right, as you say. And all those bloody no balls. I mean, what's going on, man? You know, I know that they weren't all called, but um, it didn't feel right, did it? And I, I've not heard any. 
updates on this, but if he's not 100%, then it may be worth not playing him, to be honest. Yeah. As a bowler. You need runs then. Yeah, you need runs if you do that. So you bring in Bairstow, I suppose. Yeah, Bairstow. If you have to drop Stokes for injury, Bairstow has to come in. I'd almost bring Bairstow in. Mm. Pope, I know he scored 30 in the first dig and looked good, but Bairstow's class. Um, Mitch Johnson doesn't play anymore, so he's going to stay in front of his stumps and he'll score runs. So I'd go with uh, Bairstow in for Pope. I'd bring Broad in for Leach. And then, I'd, I'd, as good as Ollie Robinson bowled, I'd probably go with um, bring Anderson in for him as well. The interesting, I think it's a really interesting call because if, if Root did that or if the management team did that and we got panned uh, and he dropped Robinson, then he might not be allowed back in the country. I, I think there'd be a civil war on the cricket in front because Robinson's very much the golden boy at the moment. Yeah, OK. Well, um, but then again, you make you go for the calls, don't you? you, try, you if you think it's right, you do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it, we don't know what's going on in camp. We don't know whose body has little niggles. Like, as we said, Mark Wood rocked up every spell. And bowled 145. You know, that that's just something that you can't take too lightly. And your body doesn't. So um, if he's hurt and then he sits out, if Ollie's got those twinges, then he sits out. Um, but it's it's good news either way for you guys. I think you have to play Anderson and Broad. I think Leach, Leach going at eight and a half in a test, um, you can't have that. So he's got to sit out, especially for the pink ball test. And remind me, the third test, you, you're up to speed on this. Is the third test day night? No, the third test bo- is Boxing Day test, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's the fourth test that's day night. And then, okay, uh, and then, and then the fifth test has been moved um, to, Hobart. to Hobart, which is really interesting because, sorry, Mitchell, how, how many people did, can they squeeze in there if it's 2-2? Two, two? And I say if, it's a big if, right? And I know Dan said this on one of the other conversations we were have, having the other night is if is, is the primary word there. <laughs> Doing a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the um, what the capacity there is at, at Blundstone, and there's always a joke about Tasmanians having two heads, so that might that might double the count up. But um, but it's the most it's the most English conditions. So if we go there at two two, Anderson's feeling good, Broad's feeling good, Rudy puts away that dab to third man. Oh, I take the money on the on the English to win that test. So we'll see. But- but I do find it quite odd that the, the, the thinking along those lines, though, because British grounds are generally quite a bit smaller than Australian grounds, aren't they? I mean, how many can you get in Lords? It's only about 25,000, right? You're probably going to get more in Hobart. You know, what do you get at the... No, Hobart, I think, is... I stand to be corrected. I think it's 9,000, maybe 20. No, no, that's probably the population of Tasmania. We, we, you can get probably more than that, I think. <laughs> Most of our stadiums, are, you're usually looking at about 20. SCGs 50 to 60, MCGs 100. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be proven wrong here. But um, yeah, I think you'll get more than nine. Well, you're just Googling now, Mitch. So it won't take you long. Don't worry. Um, is it the no, Bellary I'm... Oval? Is that what it's called? We just confirmed? Yeah, yeah 20,000. There you go. There you go. I, I hope this comment come back to, come back to the Hawkers, but it is a big if that we go into that game 2-2. I would love it if we went into that game 2-2, but the way the first game went, I can't see. There's been some pretty fantastic cricket if we got to that point. Exactly. I said said 3-1 before the first test, and I'm actually struggling to see where our one is going to come from. (laughs) Well, we do have a long... are so pessimistic, Mitch. I love it, by the way. We're either really up for it with the best team in the world or we're shit. You know, there's very rarely a middle ground with English cricket. I don't know if Australia's the same, Mitch, but it's South Africa the same age, I'm not sure. No, we're just oh. shit, mate. Simple. <laughs> In the prelims, yeah, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think there's that much cricket now played that fatigue is a real thing and it spreads to your yeah. team. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are coming off IPL. 
Um, they, if not, they're playing for their clubs or they're playing the local 2020. And it only takes a few people to have their heads down and the whole team goes. Um, one thing that we haven't really touched on is the fielding that um, from the English. Like, they put down opportunities. Um, yeah. Warner was given three lives. The fact he only scored 96 or 94 was crazy. Bowled off a no ball, dropped on 40-odd straight off the tee when you should be switched on the most. And then... Um, and then that run out. You can't keep giving away these chances. We can talk batters and bowlers all we want. You can't give away these chances and, and expect to win the test. Um, and that applies at most levels of cricket, quite frankly. You keep giving people chances. Yeah. And then on top of that, the slow over rate. Like that, that's either fatigue or heads are down. Like getting docked, yeah. getting docked uh, test points and losing 100% of yeah. your pay. But five championship points, which is huge, right? I mean, geez. Might be huge for you. It's not huge for me. <laughs> but I mean, I appreciate the point. Yeah. Well, we're on naught, so we would be minus five. <laughs> oh well. But I, I, I think that's an interesting point because I mean, it's, how slow was it all? And I, I didn't really think it was tiredness in an odd way. It's always first test of the series. Your instinct says it's first test of the series, but yeah, it's never the first test of a series. It's always just the next game of cricket, isn't it? And it different format, different challenges. Here's a question. So what? It finished in four days. So what? What's what do you, mean? you know? It didn't. It didn't affect time at all. Yeah, I think you still need to have rules around trying to get through your overs. I mean, the fact that we dusted them in four days shouldn't let them just bowl at what rate they want. <laughs> um, you still need to have rules so the game keeps flowing. I think one of the big, if your spin goes for eight and a half rather than two, you kind of look to him to get through your overs quick. And if they're chasing leather when he's bowling, that might that might slow it down. But yeah, to lose to lose a hundred percent of the payment, six overs too late. Yeah, some can say so what, and it was more time for me to enjoy, but I reckon we just get through the overs and get on them. It's not the way to go, is it? That's absolutely right, yeah. And it's not as if these boys are running in like Michael Olding from the side screen. They haven't got Bob Willis on the side anymore. You know, a lot of these boys are running in off 20 yards. Well, why are you taking so long? And the answer is it's not the run-ups. It's, it's somewhere else. It's yeah. between, yeah. And Mark, to be fair, Mark Wood goes backwards before he goes first, forward. So um, that might add a little extra time in, in, in the scheme of things, but... Yeah, that's either, that's either body language or fatigue. And as you said, it's probably not fatigue. If anything, they're undercooked. Um, so it's probably a bit of, I don't know, maybe a bit of low morale, which you don't want first yeah. test. No, long, long old winter, summer, if, if, if you've got four tests to go and you're feeling a bit under the pump. Um, guys, just going to rain up on the ashes. Um, revisiting predictions, Donners, um, you're saying to me like you're still in the 5-0 camp. Is that right? No, no, I, I said 3-1. I'm going to stick with that. Oh, right. I thought you had shifted. OK, he's going to go 3-1. Mm. No, no, I said, I said 3-1 at the start. I'm sure I said 3-1, maybe 4-1. No, not 3-1, I thought it was. I'll listen back. Oh, okay. one to rain. Yeah. Um, so 3-1. 3-1, OK. Huge. Still 2-2. Two, two. So one rained off, drawn. Yep. 2-2, two, two, but, but England are going to win, right? Because that's that works. When you draw. <laughs> yeah, England win the Ashes, but we regain them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. Mitchie, what are you going for? Okay. Two? Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> I, put, um, I put 50 bucks. <laughs> I put 50 bucks on um, on 5 nil every Ashes series. I think Glenn McGrath used to say it as a laugh in every press conference, what his prediction was. So I just do it as a bit of a laugh. But yeah, um, you give me 9 to 1 at 5 nil at home, I'm taking it. Yeah. Well, usually I were chatting last night and I went for 7 nil. <laughs> Is this because of the minus test championship points? Do they count? Yeah, some, no, some are. What do you really think, Disco? What do you think? Five nil. Yeah. Five nil. I mean, I, I think England does have a long, distinguished tradition of, of losing the Test series horrifically and then somehow winning the Test. 
Uh, normally it's Sydney. I think we've got, got quite a good record of Sydney. But, I mean, always when it's well and truly dead. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's impossible because, as you said, we've got some decent players in, the, in there. But um, if you ask me to put my money anywhere, I'd 5-0. I still can't see any different. And I, I get all the point about, points about, you know, there are reasons why it could be different. But I just don't feel it. I've, I've had this sinking feeling too many times over the last 35 years. Um, and it's, it's exactly the same as it was in the 90s, you bastards, Mitch. <laughs> was he like this when he was, when he was your captain in 2011? Was he just as pessimistic? No, the optimism flew. Um, yeah, there was always a silver different. lining. Every catch is droppable, boys. Chins up when, you know, when something goes down. So, uh, no, but Ashes is a special time of year, huge. You know, people fall back into their old habits, whether it's battered wife syndrome or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, yeah. Well, I would say, a serious point about captaincy is, I think if, if you've got a modicum of, modicum of control in a situation, it's easier to feel positive about it. Uh, and pretty obviously, I have no control whatsoever over what's going on down under. So, Well, you've got class, right? And you have a lot of class Thanks, that can play this last test. No, England, sorry. <laughs> obviously, you've done. <laughs> you were talking about the end there, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. No, um, you've, you've got class on the sidelines. Bairstow, Broad yeah, and yeah. Anderson didn't play in that test. I cannot believe they weren't picked. Well, not, I not understand you, you, you want to save them, but you can't give up the first test like that. Did seem to need a bit of explaining in my world as well. Mitch, I was going to finish off, moving on, next stage. Um, range of questions we're going to fire at you. You've been thinking about this. It's been a decade since you've been in England. You've had time to think about what it's like to play cricket in England. All the good bits, there must be some somewhere, and all, all the bits that, I wouldn't say bad, but perhaps needed a bit of explaining, right? Okay. So, uh, and, and you'll see where I'm going with this when, when we get all there. Right. So I just got a few questions I was going to throw at you. And the, 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 first, que- the first answer is the right answer. Okay. okay, that's what, what sure. I say. And I don't think any of them are sort of libelous or anything like that. But I'm, I'm also keen to get Huge's perspective as somebody who's come to the UK and played cricket. And also Donners uh, and myself, who've played probably 80 years of club cricket between us, which is quite scary, Donners. But I think we have. So, so we're the sort of old fart end of this, th- th- this game. And, and you, you two are sort of the interlopers who've got new perspectives, right? So given that, um, the first question is just a, an open question. What's the single most ridiculous thing you experienced in English club cricket? What's the uh, while you're thinking that through? I'm thinking when when you turned up to play cricket in England, you thought, what, what, what they do that, or or they don't do this, or is is there anything that you'll always think those palms? I just didn't get that at all. And you might plausibly find whatever it is brilliant, but you're just like, this is bonkers. Is yeah, well, a bittersweet a bittersweet thing that I just couldn't get around wasn't so much a part of the structure of the cricket I played over there. I love that it was you drawing yourself with a face towel every game. Um, yeah, like there's regular size, there's regular size towels that you can buy, but you run into the showers down the stairs with a hand towel was both amazing and head scratching at the same time. So that would that's be a torn towel actually. Yeah, that was a petite one, just showing the thighs you go through. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm glad you remember so, that ten years later. Nothing warms me up for a fine session like you running through uh, like a French duke through the foyer. I loved it. Man of many different styles, me. Yeah, I forgot about that. Actually, I still use that towel. Yeah. Um, no, I, as, I, honestly, as the same as, inners. I'll have you know, Mitch. He has the same inners when he was batting. Yeah, because they've got massive hole in them. You know. But there's more hole than inner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Outside of that, I love the format. I love the way the club was run. The biggest surprising thing was me was we we lost about three hours due to wet weather. That was it. The whole season I could, that I can remember. What I expected, I thought, yeah. would be rained out the whole time. 
Um, like if it rains on a Thursday here, it's that heavy, you don't usually play on a Saturday. But that was probably the biggest surprise for English cricket for mine that I thought wouldn't be that way. I don't know if you had the same, huge, but... Well, I was going to say, last year, before we go to huge, a disaster. How many games? Six, six or seven of the 18 weekends? Didn't even get there. Well, you didn't and... play the first four, Dan. Or maybe Correct. three. Four? Yeah, yeah. first four, and I didn't even get to the ground. You know, oh, depressing stuff. But how about you? When you arrived in you, you when you arrived in the UK, was there anything that you you thought this is just completely ridiculous? I didn't see this coming. Yep, um, you get you get fed at uh, halfway. I don't know if they do that in Australia, South Africa. It's not a thing. They have tea. You get fed. It's like, hang on, I'm definitely going to be playing more cricket. Yeah, <laughs> it kept me coming back. Got nothing to do with the, the people at the club. It's that I get fed at uh, at the halfway mark, <laughs> and, well, and even better in the ones. When I did play the ones, you get fed twice. You get tea and lunch. <laughs> Not sure you'll be aware of this, Mitch, but our ones now start as early as 10.30, depending on the yeah. time of the, the summer. And, uh, yeah, 40 minutes lunch, hot always. And, uh, yeah, 20 minutes tea. Fantastic. Some of your write-ups around the teas going from ground to ground as well. Um, absolute highlight. Always have to be diplomatic, though. You know, can't ever say anything too... All very, very coded, I'll put it that way, because you can't sort of diss somebody else's tea in public. That's not Unlike Phil Walker. Yeah, well, he had a teometer, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he yeah. did. We, we, yeah. Him and Hendo. Him and Hendo, that's yeah. right. Um, right, next one, you've, you've led right into the next one. Your favourite item of food in a cricket tea when you're in England? Um... It's, that's going to be tough. Um, I cannot remember where we were at, but um, there was one team you may remember that were carrying on. One of the bowlers would do the Shahid Afridi pose every time he got a wicket and stand there like Christ the Redeemer. So at tea, I thought, bugger these guys, I'm going to eat more filling than bread. <laughs> so by the time it comes to them, they are only getting bread. That was probably my favourite afternoon. Oh, I like that a lot. That's brilliant. Yeah, so I'd go filler on the outside, bread in the middle just to, you know... <laughs> probably petty now that I look back on it, but I'll teach him a bit of a lesson for carrying on. <laughs> no issue with any of that at all. Don, how about you, over your, your time in cricket, what's the most favourite item you've ever had in a cricket team? Uh, yeah, choc ices in one game, over in North Carolina. That, uh, that, was, that, was, that was really enjoyable on a, on a hot summer's day. Um, Shepparton away, just as as a tea, absolutely fantastic. We used to play them on a Sunday. You, you had to play in that fixture purely for the tea. Fresh, fresh. Every everything was freshly made um, there on the day. Uh, but that was you always had to play in that game. Um, I think we had we had melon, but proper melons, not not any other melons that people might be thinking of, but fruity melons at one particular game. Um, I've seen a few. Yeah, I've seen a few melons. Yeah, you got me thinking now, Don. Uh, yeah, melons and cricket tea I would generally approve of. I was expecting cliches like, um, you know, scones and and uh, cucumber sandwiches. and yeah. yeah, I was expecting all the cliches there. But yeah, Indian Gymkhana's curry does it yeah. for me. Yeah, they, they always make a, no. a, a really nice curry. I don't think we played them in 2011, but Indian Jim's curry is a thing of beauty. Mitch, you, yeah, that, that's there is a downside to Indian Jim playing at Indian Jim. You're right at the end of Heathrow's runway, yep. so you know you are literally you've got you know A three eight is flying overhead uh, as they land at Heathrow, so it ain't it ain't tranquil. We we actually to bring it locally, we have a team in our comp um, that that do curry for for for, for tea, 
um, all homemade, bring it in. Um, and I also want to make a special note, uh, my partner and family for our home games, we have a barbecue, sausage sizzle, rissoles, baked chooks, and then everyone brings in a few chockies and that. Um, so our afternoon tea here uh, would be something that you guys would admire, I think. I would love to see the write-up off. I'm all over that. As and when I finally get to Australia, I want in. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Mm. Um, Quick question, Mitch. What's a barbecue? Oh, you right. You get your hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a haircut rather than what I got left huge. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll call it one all on that front. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think some people call it a braai. Um, but, yeah, it's where you just kind of cook meat on a fire. Oh, fair enough, yeah. So, I thought oven, right? That thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's move on guys this is not going to end well um, you, you, i mean we had a fair few brides when you were here mitch but i mean it's off the radar now you institutionalize this and um you know you you will in all seriousness on christmas day bride? definitely having a bride 100 yeah. yep yeah despite the fact it's going to be two degrees outside yeah yep turkey on it it's got to be done i love that Finishing the tea question, there's one I wanted to throw in, um, and it was probably around the time you were with us, Mitch, but it, I, I don't think you were there. And my, my wife, Ying, did a, a Chinese-themed tea, which um, was quite interesting, actually, because a lot of the South Africans are very carnivorous, as we know. And so Ryan Combrink, do you remember Ryan? No. No, he was an opening bowler. You, you obviously never met him because you would remember him if you'd met him. He was possibly the loudest man on the planet. And um, he, he was eating something that he picked up from the cricket tea. And it's a bit chewy, but definitely meat. And he said to Ying, he said, what, what's that then? He said, oh, it's really quite nice. And Ying said, oh, it's, um, yeah, it's a duck's tongue. And uh, Ryan was like, it, it's what? And she said, yeah, it's a duck's tongue. And it's like quite long. And, and you know, it's like, yeah, so suddenly Ryan wants a keen on it. It was a bit weird. And um, he, he didn't eat much more of it. But duck's tongues went down well until people knew what they were. And, yeah. and then, funnily enough, I had them all. Um, and the other one I was going to mention, you, you will definitely appreciate this one, Donners. Um, Phil Walker once was apoplectic because he was given coffee at a cricket tea. And I still don't think he's over it, actually. Even now, two or three years later, you, just say, you don't have coffee at cricket tea. This is like, you have, you have tea at a cricket tea. And, I, um, I, played it, I played in that game, Disco. It was over mm -hmm. in um, Molsey. It wasn't Molsey, but it was in one of the grounds in, in Molsey. And it was the coldest day I have ever played cricket in. Um, it was. It, I'm, I'm sure it was below freezing. I had five layers on, including a bobble hat under my, under my cap. It was the same game that myself and Uzi Khan nearly got wiped out by the sight screen. Oh, the famous sight screen flying incident, yeah. 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 Um, so, yes, they served up coffee. I seem to recall they also put the tea bags in the kettle. Oh, yeah, with the milk. With the milk. And mm. I boiled the kettle, obviously, with the water and tried to boil instant tea. Um, it was, it was Fixture's not been renewed, fellas. Don't worry. We, we, we ain't going back to those it was sorts. A, it was a memorable day for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and it was cold, you know. You won't have this in Australia, Mitch, but bloody hell, there are some days in England in April when it's it's like minus five. It's horrific. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Next question, slightly more serious question, actually. Relegation promotion, good or bad? Because, of course, I ask, because in Australia, basically, you don't have it, right? Yeah, no. Um, I, think, I, I think it's horses for courses. We don't have the population density to have as many strong clubs to have a relegation promotion system. And that goes all the way up to our to our bigger leagues as well. Um, I think we have a third of the population in a thirty in thirty x the size of the UK. So, where you've got a population density where those clubs, where you've got a lot of clubs, then it works great. Um, it's always giving you something to play for throughout the year. 
Um, whereas here, we just don't have that strength. Seems like a fair answer to me. Huge, what do you make of that? I think it's the only way to go where we are right now, Dan. Um, I, I, I remember I remember South Africa having um, promotion relegation. So obviously there's a, a few new clubs. But I mean, given that, you know, the MCCL went up to seven divisions in first 11 cricket last year, there has to be promotion relegation. Yeah. Um, you know, the amount of clubs and the amount of teams that are in all those clubs, it's it's the only way to, to strengthen it. So, yeah, from absolutely spoiling well, it, it, it echoes Mitch's point. There's so much cricket played in Middlesex. I mean, 80-odd teams, and a lot of them have got six sides. This is just a, a crazy amount of cricket. So it does help help to balance things out. But, of course, people do move clubs as well. You, you don't have somebody going all the way from Division 8 to Division 1 with a club. They would be expected, if they wanted to play, say, for Middlesex, to, 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 to go through the system a little bit quicker than that. that it was make. interesting listening to Mitch having played as long as you have, it, probably at the same club, Mitch, 20-odd years, yep. 25 years. Yep. Unbelievable that, yeah. It's, you know, you're not going to find many, many more stalwarts like that. I know there are a few, but you know, most most people nowadays they jump ship as soon as they can move on to a bigger and better club. Um, so yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Donners, any thoughts? I guess me and you have grown up with promotion and relegation, haven't we? So it would be a, a, a massive change if that were to change yeah, I, at all, right? I think it has it has to be there. It has to stay definitely. I mean, it's, for me, it's the whole, obviously, the social side of cricket, but also the competitive side, particularly on Saturdays. And I think, you know, a lot of people would, would miss that. So, yeah, promotion and relegation has got to be kept. Fair enough. I'm going to ask a very simple question now, the fourth one of the five. Um, draws in English club cricket, Mitch. Good, bad or ugly? Uh, good. The best. Uh, I think it's the best format, having winning, losing draws. Um that's the best format I've ever played. Uh, again, like we said about promotion and relegation, the comp's always alive, but in winning, losing, draws, the game's always alive. Um, yeah. At the moment, our format here, whether it's two days, limited overs, or 2020s, you could win all three comps without taking a wicket, and I don't think it values uh, the fat beat ball contest equally enough. Winning and losing draws kind of solves that for me. Actually, I've been pushing to try and get it in at our level here since I got back. Well, I know you, you've just grow, grown up very much with win-lose cricket, and you, you, you see this a bit differently, you, right? Very differently. What's yeah. the point of scoring 300 and then having the other side block out for 50 overs? Yes, I get that you might not be good enough to bowl them out, but you might be on part of the M25 where it's as flat as anything. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and send them in. If you're on yeah, the M25 yeah, I, I, and you can score 300 at will, send them in. Yeah, sometimes they send. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, they send you in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get that, but it, for, for me, usually, it's about the very fundamentals of the game, and, and it's not baseball where you, the idea is to score more than the other team. It's about scoring more than the other team and bowling them out. So there's two sides to a coin. It, it, with win lose cricket, it's glorified baseball, and you even see it moving that way. People don't play the game side side on anymore. You know, but people are moving that front leg out of the way. It is becoming like baseball, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But if I wanted to watch baseball, I'd go and watch baseball. And so to me, the, 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 the beauty of trying to bowl a side out is a fundamental part of it. And if you're not quite good enough to do that, then the point system needs to help you and needs to reflect that. So I grew up in a point system where you got too many points for a losing draw. So I, I sort of sympathise with, with the position because teams could bat out all day and still get, say, seven points where the team with the winning draw would get 11. And I'm like, well, but in Middlesex, if you, you know, it was a losing draw, one point. Yep. One point. Which, and if you do that every week, you're going down. So you can't play for losing draws all the time because you'll just get relegated. New thing, Mitchy, we've got a split format now. You won't know about this. Nine games, the old format. Nine games, win-lose. Okay. 
So you play every team in both formats. And I have to say, traditionalist though I am, I see some virtue in this because it does prompt different skill sets to come to the fore. I was going to say, every time I see the captains, you know, in the field, in the limited overs game, spreading everybody out, not really thinking about getting wickets, I do sort of wince a bit. But that's, that is because I'm far too old-fashioned. But I think the mixed format's been pretty widely uh, positively accepted and it's here to stay huge. Is that right? Is that fair yeah, to say? I think so, yeah. I think so. There's, a, there's one other change at... Uh... The limited over format is brought along in the uh, Premier League division, Mitch, and that's coloured pyjama kit. So we're yeah. playing colours with a pink Duckworth ball. Lewis. We have Duckworth Lewis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and just fielding, fielding bowling restrictions, free hits. You're doing, going the whole hog. Yep. Yep. Whole hog. Yeah. All of that, yeah. Is that, is that in Australia? Yeah, in our top two. Well, yeah, throughout all the limited overs we play, yeah, it's just win-lose and so um, bowling restrictions. But... Only ones and twos have fielding restrictions and free hits. The lower grades, you can just put nine out from the get-go if someone's lashing you and then... And all in white, or have you got coloured kit? Um, coloured kit, yeah. We moved that way a little while ago. Um, I don't know. I think when someone drives past the Oval and sees a few weirdos out in all whites, it doesn't catch the attention as much as if they drive past, see some coloured kits, makes it seem a bit more professional, I guess. For the so. kids, right? For the kids. For the game. <laughs> I had, we had a nice incident at Teddington when a few of us were walking around watching the first and some of the old boys at Teddington are even more old farts than I am. They, they were going on about, well, this is ridiculous. They've got coloured kits on and Twickenham are playing in green and Teddington are playing in green. You know, you don't know which side's which. And one of the other old boys, well, they'd normally be playing in white, wouldn't they? They wouldn't have any <laughs> idea at all. Yeah. And I, I must admit, me and Jono were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> good line, that one. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I've got a bit of sympathy for your position in one respect, though, Huge. I think it's the majority position. I think Mitch yep. and I are. I'm happy to happy to lose an argument or, or lose a debate. And I do look. I, I do see some. But I think sense most people are with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do some see some sense of it when I'm on the losing draw end. I like it. However, when I'm on the other end, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I see the angle. Last question from me. And I'm going to open the floor. If there's any more for anybody else, I assume you've seen the uh, the newest phenomenon in English cricket, Mitch. What do you make of the hundred? Uh, yeah, it seems like a bit of fun. Okay. Yeah, that's, like a, I think, that's an interesting answer. So is, that, is that broadly positive? Or? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we've got to try. I guess we've got to try new things to open the game up. Um, but I, I'm a little, a little bit of a purist as well, like you, Hoff. Um, what space is it feeling that 2020 wasn't? I don't know. Maybe it's good. I haven't seen enough of it because uh, the times it's on. But it seems like a bit of fun. Why not? Well, I guess in the way there are. There are all the other cricket we're playing, we haven't got enough room in the calendar. Um, we're the only place in the world and plays it. So what, what I don't know. I, I don't, I don't buy it at all, but I get the point as a format. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, um, it's not one for me. I'm going to take a bit of persuading. Donners, are you a hundred man? Did you, I, I didn't go to any of the games. I saw a bit of it on the TV, but did, what did you make of it? Uh, no, I, I didn't go to any of the games. I saw, I saw some of them on the TV. Um, again, I'm more in the purist camp. So I, like you, I understand why they're trying it. I guess I guess some new skills will come to the fore. I guess that the, you know the fielding will will step up another level. I'm sure pretty quickly. I think I think the fielding has improved dramatically over the last twenty years. With oh, the, that's true. Yeah, um, questionably. I think, yeah. I think batsmen and um, well, and and, and, the, and the equipment they use will, will will continue to evolve, and people will start to try and hit the ball further and harder, and and, and that side of the attacking side of the game. Um, you know, will will evolve over time and, and will improve. But conversely, 
at, at you know how how is that going to further damage, for want of a better word, the, the longer versions of the game? So we look at Test cricket and we look put... at Jack Leach. He has to bowl off spin in mid September and the beginning of May. Yeah. You know, it doesn't get any time to bowl in Australian conditions. Not that we have much of them, but bowling off spin in a championship game in June, no chance because there aren't any. Yeah. In my humble opinion. But you, you went to a few of the games, right? You've, you've got probably yeah. a more hands-on yeah. so experience than, than I have on this. For me, it's the evolution of cricket, right? We started with timeless tests. We then moved to five days. We then moved to 50 overs. We then introduced the 2020. We then introduced the 1010. The 100 was then brought in. 2025, we're just going to do a, twinko, a quintos, and, and that, that's going to be it. You know? <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, I think I think it's opening up new avenues, not for us purists. It's for people that don't watch cricket, that don't understand the rules that, you know, look, we don't understand half the hundred rules yet because we're still trying to get them, you know, what's going Hang on, it's a five ball over, not a six ball. So the, it's the, not the, over. Exactly. Yeah, it's mm. a set. That's right. You actually spot mm. on there. So, yeah, look, I think it's it's trying to attract people that are football, rugby, tennis, other other people to the game. And it did. Because one, it was extremely economical to go to compared to any other test. I mean, you know, you go to the Lords Oval, any other test, you, you're spending 100 quid for a ticket. You know, these tickets were a tenner or a fiver. That's so immediately, cool. yeah. immediately you're, you're opening up a whole new avenue to people that can go and enjoy a bit of cricket. Uh, look, now you might say the Blast is doing the same. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But, you know, more shiny lights, different scoreboards, different scorecards. It's just something new. Did you new not and... find it a bit nauseating, you? Because everybody on the TV was telling me how wonderful it was. And I, I saw there's no one there. Yeah. It's yeah. half full. And they were all telling me about the buzz in the ground. And I'm not sure I totally bought it. There were people who were vaguely watching, but I just felt there was so much bullshit around it. Are you telling me some advertisers lie, Daniel? <laughs> I know. I mean, I never. <laughs> I know. I only realised this the other week. It's, it's been a bit of an epiphany. Mm. What you've got to realise, though, guys, is Wait, that... Wait, so I hear about be- Brexit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what you've got to realise is who invented T20 cricket. It was the English way back in 2002, if I remember correctly. And unfortunately, they have lost the grasp of that. Now it is owned by the Indians with the IPL, the Australians with the Big Bash. So mm. what do you do when you've lost what you created? You go and create something new. That's, I think, what the English... Uh, the ECB have done, in my opinion, is create something new that they can then, I don't know, take to the world and say, this is ours. That's an interesting angle, you don't talk about that. Yeah, as a product. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I will mull that one over. I like coming weeks and that you reckon that cricket is getting shorter and shorter. So give it another 10 years when the Ashes is the best of five coin tosses. I fancy our chances of winning it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, Donald? Home or away, mate. I'm into that. In fact, we should actually make the make the fifth game. If it's two all, just make the fifth game called on the on, on the call of a toss of a coin. Oh, and obviously, as a trial run, pitch inspection is going to be important. Is it a bouncy pitch? Is the coin going to bounce high or low? <laughs> you know, come on. Is it humid? How much how much spin is there going to be in the air due to the uh, you know the well, air pressure? Well, you know, I make my own series. a coin theory as well. He's always got this theory about whether it's going to be heads or tails. And the bigger the coin, the more likely it is to be tails. And he's pretty good with this because he's absolutely adamant that there's something in it. And I'm sure he knows, obviously, that it's complete bullshit. But he's, he's, he's kept this line going for years and years and years. And he always say, bigger the coin, more likely to be tails, I'm telling you. 
Do, do you guys have standardized coin sizes in the UK yet? I mean, it seems like the theory oh, flies out the window at some point. <laughs> standardized coin sizes, Mitch. Jeez, we've only got rid of, you know, old money. Yeah, Decimization. <laughs> Bitcoin there is more go. stable than the coin sizes in the UK. Yeah. Someone's written a thesis on it somewhere. I see what I can do. Guys, I feel I'm being excessively grumpy this evening. There's no need for it. It's been a fantastic chat. Um, it, it really has. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to throw any more um, verbal hand grenades at Mitch before we go our separate ways. Donners, huge. Just good luck, mate. I, I, I hope that you do the Southern Hemisphere proud. Oh, Jeez. Right. Like yeah. that, Thank it? you. <laughs> As a fellow anti-Badean, I'll take that on. Thank you, sir. I hope so. And and we've got Marnus Labuskakni here doing doing us proud as well. So you know, there you go. Well, you see, I got I got one foot in either camp. We got David David Milan and 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 Marnus. So you know, we got both. Yeah, both got runs. Um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be that'd be an interesting little verses at the end of the season, at the end of the yeah. series, to see who's on top. But they're both very good bats. Uh, Marnus scoring runs in the first dig, I think, is an ominous sign. Gave it away with that mm. cut shot off leech. Um, I don't think we'll do that again. Yeah. Well, I think come what may, we're all going to be watching it, aren't we? Regardless of how it goes, we're, cricket aficionados like ourselves are going to be following this through the night as it is here. Um, it's been great catching up though, Mitchie, and we want you back on, mate. Let's have another chat in uh, in a few weeks um, to see where we stand. Uh, and even if it is, what, 4-0 or so at the time, because the stuff always happens, doesn't it? There's always stuff to talk about, and, and we can certainly do that. There is one caveat, though. If it is 2-2, Mitch, Dan will be sitting next to me because he's promised yeah. to come and watch it from my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you're safe there, Huge. But uh... <laughs> if you just made that call right, he's a cricketing god. So I want to watch the, the match right next to him. So oh. I'm, I'm going to move for a week. My wife doesn't know this yet, but she'll, she'll be cool. Um, <laughs> Got to be thirty to one at this stage. I think it's worth a dollar. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> guys. It's been fantastic. Um, go well, Mitchy. Great to catch up, and we'll um, yeah, we'll liaise again soon. No, guys, thanks for the invite. And um, just doing stuff like this proves why Twicken and CC is the best crew club in the world. So thanks for the invite, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Take it easy. Cheers, guys. Thank you.